0: Welcome to the First and 10 Podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Feltz, here in Bloomington, Indiana. We're back on the show. Got some stuff that we're kind of long overdue for. We're doing our 2020 season report cards about four months after the season ended. But hey, we're doing it. And uh, we've got some good stuff to say about last year, uh, some takes about next year. Believe it or not, we're just, what, you know, four months away from you know, kind of being in the zone for, for football. Uh, believe it or not, we're, we're kind of coming up on it. So uh, here to break it all down with me is Reed Murray. We're doing our Big Ten 2020 Report Cards. How are you doing, Reid?
1: I'm doing great, Pat. And, you know, just thinking about how, how close the season is, obviously the season's not starting uh, in a week or anything. But you look at it, four months away, That's that's some pretty good timing. And it's going to be a fantastic season, first of all. Um most likely we're gonna have fans uh in the crowds everywhere. Um I'm planning on going to a lot more games than I usually do next year. It is gonna be a fantastic 2021 season and I can't wait for it. Uh but right now, let's talk about how we thought 2020 ended and uh preview a little bit, I guess.
0: Yeah, 2021 is certainly gonna be better than 2020, fingers crossed. We'll get more games, I'm sure. Probably gonna have full crowds. We're both vaccinated. Uh, And as that starts to roll out, I'm sure we're going to see, you know, things start to open up more, which is great because uh, full crowds really make football football And it. It was a weird year without them. So, you know, the crowds and the non-conference games and the full schedule, all of that, I think, is going to make it probably a more enjoyable season than 2020 was uh, here for us. So we're just going to go through these teams in 2020. We're going to give them a report card, a grade for how we thought their season went a to F scale. We're just going to go through them alphabetically. So the first team, Illinois, 2-6, and six, uh, last place in the Big Ten West, fired head coach Levy Smith. Hard to see much optimism here with the 2020 fight line Illini football team.
1: Yeah, it's a terrible way to follow a 6-6 six and six season where you go to a bowl game. Um, obviously not what you want to be doing. And it's not like the Big Ten West was easy by any stretch of the imagination, but still – um, certainly a disappointing season, certainly a disappointment. Um, but, I mean, I, I don't want to go all the way and give this team an F because they, they did face a lot of adversity with COVID issues. They had a non-ideal quarterback situation. Juicebox Williams stepped up. Um, and they were, able to juice box. they were able to compete <laughs> here and there. Um, you know, in one of their wins, the Rutgers one, was kind of a crappy win. that it was absolutely fluky. Of, but you know they, they competed, and you got to applaud them for that. Um, and I'm gonna go ahead go ahead and give Illinois a D plus. Terrible season, um, but I don't want to go all the way and give them an F. They, they faced some tough situations, um, and they didn't completely back down. So I'm gonna go ahead and give them a D plus.
0: Yeah, and I think the thing with these things is they're all relative to expectations. So just spoiler alert, I'm going to give Michigan a lower grade than I give Illinois just because the expectations for them are always higher. So Illinois didn't really have that much of expectations, but they still were a letdown. You know, I would say there were some expectations at the very least. You went bowling in 2019 and in 2020, you know, you won two games. But they were competitive, faced a lot of adversity, but two and six and a fired coach. I mean, it's hard to give them much more than a D and a flat D is what I'm going to give them. Terrible season for Illinois. Maybe it turns around next year. Uh, something we haven't really gotten to talk about here, though, is hiring Brett Bielema, the former Wisconsin and Arkansas coach. So, Reed, what do you think of Illinois hiring Brett Bielema?
1: Um, I think we're just going to have to wait and see. Um, I, I've said this before. I don't know that it makes a ton of sense to fire Lovey when things finally seem to be going in the right direction. They had a bowling season last year. Um, and of course, the season wasn't great this year. But like I said, um, they it was pretty bad, early, uh, and they they were able to fight. They had they definitely had some spirit, um, and there, there's things to build on there. Um, and so when it seems like maybe you know they they've let him stay on the team uh, through tons of bad years, and now they let him go when you think next year in a more normal season where you have non-conference, you play more games, you could potentially get to a bowl game again, have even more to build on. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me um but who knows maybe maybe they're gonna have some resounding success in the next two or three years and I'll be proven wrong
0: you know I think it's tough to make a a sweeping claim like we've been you know uh seeing coach has done fireable things in a pandemic season at least on the field fireable things I'm not talking about off the field stuff I think there are coaches across the country who have done some fireable stuff off the field during this pandemic um notably Les Miles but uh, I don't know if Lovey really deserves to get canned first and foremost, but he did and Illinois moved on and Brett Bielema is the new coach. Obviously things didn't work out with Brett at Arkansas. He got fired there after, you know, some success, but you know, he went to the NFL, worked with the Patriots, but I think that Brett Bielema makes a ton of sense back in the big 10 West. You know, he was successful at Illinois and then he ended up going to or Wisconsin, excuse me, uh, I'm not forecasting here with that, but he was a successful coach at Wisconsin uh, had some success at Arkansas, obviously didn't work out in the end, but I think his style, his real smash football style fits a lot better in the big 10 West than it does in the sec West. Uh, so I think he will be probably, you know, a fairly successful coach. I I think the expectations are are higher than they were in some of those terrible lovey seasons. And certainly, you know, those Tim Beckman years. So uh, I think Illinois has a chance to be pretty good under Bielema. You know, he knows the Big Ten. He knows the Big Ten West. He knows how to play these teams. He fits the style. And I think another important thing is, from what it sounds like, he wants to start recruiting the state of Illinois, which is something Lovey didn't do. And I'm not saying Lovey recruited poorly. He actually recruited pretty well for Illinois standards. But, you know, he didn't recruit in-state. And that was one thing that P.J. Fleck has done great at Minnesota is – he's recruited the state of Illinois better than Northwestern in Illinois. So it sounds like Bielema wants to start recruiting in state more. And, and I think that's only a good thing to, to keep guys in your backyard. So we'll see uh, how this Bielema hire turns out, but I think it could work. At first I was really surprised when I saw it, but I think it could work. I'm not totally against this.
1: I see what you're saying. Um, Yeah, we will have to see, but uh, Indiana, the next team in the list.
0: Yes, it is. Uh, So the Indiana Hoosiers finished second in the Big Ten East, 6-1, and but a loss in the Outback Bowl. Obviously a historic season for Indiana. First time that they've beaten Penn State, Michigan, and Michigan State in the same season ever. First win over a top 10 team since the 80s. First win over Michigan since the 80s. Uh, Came within seven points of beating the national runner-up Ohio State Buckeyes. And You know, you saw some awesome things from Michael Penix Jr., from Jamar Johnson, from Micah McFadden, from an awesome defense, the Swarm D, and a really good offense, too. Uh, But, you know, the bowl game did leave a little bit of a sour taste in your mouth. All, All things considered, though, I think this season is a resounding A for Indiana. You know, one of your best seasons in the last 30 or 40 years. Yes, it was disappointing that they only got invited to the Outback Bowl. I think they deserved more than that. They deserved a better bowl bid than Northwestern. However, you know, didn't end up showing out in the Outback Bowl. And, you know, they didn't really get to practice ahead of that game because of COVID. And that hurt them. And obviously not having Michael Penix Jr. makes this a completely different team uh, versus what we saw from them for most of the season. But, you know, you still did not play very well that game. And I don't think anybody's gonna dispute that claim. Indiana didn't play well in the Outback Bowl against Ole Miss, but all in all, you look at the regular season, particularly what they did with Michael Penix was healthy. This was a great year. Uh, And even when Michael Penix wasn't healthy, they still got that grinded out win over Wisconsin. And I think the team we saw play against Wisconsin is not the same team we saw play against Michigan State or Michigan or Penn State or Rutgers or whoever, just was a different team. and that was with Jack Tuttle at quarterback. They they couldn't do a lot of the things that they did with Penix. Just you know, different skill set. Not really as electric as Michael Penix, but there aren't many players in the country who are. And yet they still got that really solid win at Wisconsin. So, all in all, an incredible season for Indiana. Didn't end the way you wanted it to, but I think there's a lot to build on going forward. And I think they're going to have a more successful year in 2021.
1: I got to go ahead. I got to go ahead and give Indiana a solid A here. Um, I would say it would be an A-plus if not for that Ole Miss loss because you look at the season, um, like you said, beating those teams, Penn State, Michigan, and Michigan State, all in the same year, um, unprecedented, just absolutely fantastic. Um, Even if those teams team, you know, were down? Yeah. let be, be quite honest. Having great <laughs> i got to be honest. Um, none of those teams are having fantastic years. Um, I think I think the Penn State won, though. Something. The Penn State won. I mean, that's a program-changing win. Yes. That – Exactly what I was going to say. It changes the way the people look at the program. Mm -hmm. changes the way the program itself, their outlook on the season. They got the
0: Um, monkey off their back.
1: Yeah. Wouldn't be the top 10 team. Always came
0: so tantalizingly close. Just couldn't do it. Here we are.
1: Yeah, and you look at their resume, and, you know, you might say, oh, well, Michigan, they were terrible. Penn State, they had a bad year, you know. But they got a win against Wisconsin, and Wisconsin, granted their record wasn't great. Wisconsin was still a pretty damn good team last year, even though their record didn't really reflect it.
0: And I think um, records, by the way, were misleading in this season because you didn't yeah. get to pad it out with FCS and G5 teams. You had to play yeah. nothing but conference opponents.
1: Yeah, you're right about that. And, you know, you, you go on the road to Wisconsin and you pick up a tough win um, against – In December.
0: South Wisconsin, Camp Randall in December.
1: And they don't <laughs> have a starting quarterback. So that that, that mm-hmm. is – That's really impressive to me. They went on the road, and, of course, being home and away doesn't mean really that much this season, but they go on the road to a team who won the Big Ten um, yet again who just slapped the absolute tar out of Clemson. This is a fantastic Ohio State team, and they came this close. Um, So this is a great year for Indiana. I think they build on it uh, and become something even better next year. A lot of people are saying they're going to have a down year just because, I mean – for somebody who doesn't know, you know, Indiana football that well, who doesn't spend a lot of time watching them, I would get why somebody would say, if you're, you know, if you're an SEC fan or a Big 12 fan or whatever, I would get why you'd say Indiana is going to be worse next year than they were this year just because this was the best year they've had in decades, um, and it's hard to follow that up, especially when you got um, some solid players, Jamar Johnson, Wap Fillier, et cetera, going to the NFL. Um, but i think they become something even bigger and better next year incredible season to build on but i just can't give them that a plus cuz that old miss loss that is just embarrassing um both to indiana and to the conference um and it just it just thinking about that game makes me sad honestly yeah that
0: um, that really left a sour taste in everyone's mouth uh that was a just you disappointing they're game They're got
1: to come back next year upset about that and that's going to be fuel in the fire um but it, it's just you know, it's hard to continue to pat a team on the back, go out, and you know, Ole Miss—they're a wild card team. They—they they can, you know, I mean, you look at their their quarterback; they throw either six touchdowns a game or six interceptions a game. You never know which Ole Miss you're going to get. And with a team who plays all offense, um, is a high scoring offense, but their defense isn't really there. You never know what you're going to get. Um, so, you know, I mean, Ole Miss—they they, could have beaten Alabama. They almost did. So, you know, I, I think you can't look at that game and completely say, well, Indiana just completely sucks now because of that. Uh, But it's embarrassing. They got to do better than that. A for Indiana.
0: Yeah. I do think though, one thing that has gotten kind of under the radar with the uh, Outback Bowl is that they didn't really practice ahead of time. They were dealing with some COVID issues, the COVID issues that canceled the Purdue game really sounded like a team wide outbreak. So that's just a variable that you had this season that affected a lot of teams. And it's not just them. It's really everybody, but. Um, I think next season is going to be an improvement for Indiana and they're going to have opportunities to get wins in conference, out of conference play Cincinnati, obviously get Ohio state at home too. They've got a tough schedule, but uh, I think this team is going to only improve. Yeah. Looking at who they bring back. They do lose some good players. You said failure uh, Jamar Johnson, but I think they they retain just about as many solid players. Micah McFadden, Michael Penix will be healthy. Uh, Ty Freifogel coming back is massive. Uh, but, yeah, if there's ever a year for Indiana to go and, and do even greater things they did last year, it's going to be this coming season. So uh, I think it could be a big year for Indiana, and uh, there's a lot to be excited about if you're cheering for this team. So uh, Indiana gets an A from both of us. Moving on, though, our next team, the Iowa Hawkeyes – finished second in the West, six and two, did not play in the Music City Bowl, which is what they were invited to, uh, canceled due to COVID. Iowa started out kind of slow, but by the end of the season, they really found their stretch. Uh, they really got things going late, thanks to that defense. Um, what did you think about Iowa this year? I thought uh, they they certainly exceeded my expectations.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. Um... I'm gonna go ahead and give the Hawkeyes a solid A minus. <clears throat> um, the season didn't start out great, that is for sure, uh, but they picked up some solid wins down the stretch. They were ranked pretty highly, and I don't—they were ranked high, more highly than I think they deserved for a good portion of the season. Um, but they were definitely a ranked team, uh, and you can't argue with that at the end of the year.
0: <clears throat> Six and two Big Ten team.
1: Yeah, I think uh, first of all, if Northwestern hadn't had such a great season. That's kind of. Um, a, a random uh, terrific team Northwestern became. That I absolutely called. Yeah. You, you put this Iowa <laughs> team in this year's Big Ten or last year's Big Ten or something like that. Um, they're totally going to Indianapolis um, in the first week of December. But, you know, I digress. I, I think if, if you were to put them in the Music City Bowl, if that game were to actually happen against Missouri, um, it wouldn't be much much of a contest. I think Iowa was clearly the better team there. Mm-hmm. Um, but unfortunately, we didn't get to see that game. Um, but certainly an A minus. Uh, you know, I love their run game with uh, Goodson and Sargent. I love what they had going there. Um, Spencer Petras, obviously, just a pretty average quarterback. But you know, we could and he's a young guy. We could see him improve in the future. <clears throat> this Iowa team definitely has um, something to look forward to next year. Um, solid, solid season. And I a team is kind of known for being seven and five or, or so. And getting that one big upset and obviously six and two, it's, um, you know, you put them in 12 game season, you never know what that record is going to become, but that is a solid, solid record. And it's certainly something to be proud of, but some, certainly something that's better than what they normally get. Um, so terrific season for Iowa um, could have been better. So I'm giving them an a minus, but solid job overall.
0: Yeah, I think you got to be happy with this for Iowa. Uh really good season. Uh you saw some good improvements. I thought Tyler Goodson had a better season than he did his freshman year. Uh good team, just a, a very solid team. I don't think they were gonna blow you away ever, but you know, they were never gonna underwhelm except for those first couple games of the season, the Purdue game and, and the Northwestern game. But after that, uh they really found their groove. Uh and I was happy with what we saw from Iowa. So
1: hey, that Northwestern game, they lost that game by one point. Yeah. It's not like they went out and got beaten by three possessions by them. So, you know, the Purdue loss, yeah, that was bad. Um, that shouldn't have happened. But the Northwestern game, they played – one of their two losses was to the best team in the West, and it was by one point. Uh, they totally gave that game away. They were up, I want to say, 17 nothing. They were up some big score mm-hmm. early on. Yeah. Um, and they gave the game away, but that's, I mean, you talk about a solid loss that that's a solid loss.
0: Yeah, totally. A quality loss. I know we love, that's a word everybody loves in college football, but you know, Iowa next season, isn't really losing a ton, but you know, from just looking at it, but however, the the number of starters you're losing is 10, which is a lot more than most of the other teams of the conference, because, Of the extra year of eligibility being given out by the NCAA. So seniors, yes, they can come back for another year, for example. You know, Ty is coming back for a super senior season. But you know, 10 starters is honestly a pretty good number. Uh they lose three starting offensive linemen, both of their top receivers, uh, including Amir Smith Marset. So they're not much of a passing team anyway, though. They'll be fine. Yeah, but the three offensive linemen thing, that does worry me. However, It's Iowa. They always find offensive linemen. That's their thing. So we'll see. Uh, I don't think we're going to see, you know, probably not going to see a huge improvement from Spencer Petrus without those top two receivers, but we'll see. Uh, I think they're still going to be a good team, obviously relying on their defense and their running game. It's Iowa. I mean, we're not breaking any new ground here, but I think that opening week game against Indiana and Iowa city is probably going to be, you know, the one that sets the tone for both of these programs in 2021.
1: Yeah, I agree with you.
0: Next team. Yeah, so Iowa. Oh, I didn't give my grade. Uh I'm giving an A minus. I think this is a really good team. Uh but you know, not not a perfect season by any means. They really found their groove late and uh gave themselves a lot to build on going forward. Next team, Maryland Terrapins. So, this is a really weird one. Uh they finished their season 2 and 3. A lot of COVID issues and they were 4th in the Big 10 East despite getting a win over the number 3 team Penn State. Uh yeah, Maryland. What a weird season. Uh I don't know how to feel about this team. Their two wins were over Penn State and Minnesota. Uh what? They blew the doors off of Penn State number 1 and Minnesota absolutely choked that game. We all remember it. Uh in overtime. That was actually a really good game. It was 45 to 44. Uh, it was a Friday night game. A lot of fun, but and I do actually... you remember who
1: called that Minnesota was going to miss that extra point. Reed Murray texted me,
0: actually. For those of you who are unfamiliar, yes, Minnesota lost the game on a missed extra point in overtime. And Reed texted me when they were kicking the extra point. He's like, he's going to miss it. I was like, we'll see. Missed it. So, uh, yes, I can vouch for Reed. He called it. Um, Yeah, so Maryland, really weird team, weird season. Uh, I'm not sure if I have much to take away from this Maryland season. I think I'd give it like a B- minus because they did beat Penn State. And uh, I know that carries a lot of weight for – for Maryland fans, maybe a C plus somewhere in that range, but. I'm not really drawing much from this season because they had so many COVID issues. I am drawing a lot though, from the recruiting progress we've seen from Mike Loxley. Maryland is recruiting really well and they're recruiting really well in Metro DC and the DMV, which is a big deal because they have that recruiting base there. So uh, the fact that they're recruiting has picked up so much, and they did have some really good players on their team last season who, who will be returning by the way. Uh, I think they improve. Maybe not just this year. I don't know how much they improve this year. I think they'll, you know, maybe go six and six this year. But, you know, next three years, I think this can be a team that
1: wins eight or nine games. I agree. This one, you might not like this grade for me. Uh, you might think I'm a little crazy for this. I'm going to give Maryland an A on this season. What? I think you they look won two games. <laughs> I thought they were going to win zero games and they went out and won two. I think if they had played more games, they would have won more than two.
0: No, that's a good point. I had I had low expectations for them too. Yeah, and, and
1: a, this is and the thing is with my my grades, they're all relative to what I now. That's
0: a really I good point. Maryland, you know, maybe big. I'll bump them. I think B minus for me though. I'll say B minus because it still wasn't like a particularly good yeah. season. It was a weird year for everyone, but particularly for Maryland. I'll, I'll put them at that solid B minus. But A, I mean, they didn't even go to a bowl game.
1: I mean, nobody nobody from the Big Ten went to a bowl game really. But, you know, hear me out, hear me out, hear me out, hear me out. Okay. This is a young team with a transfer quarterback who's, who had never played a snap uh, for Maryland. Um, and, of course, his first game, they get the doors blown off him by Northwestern. Um, but this is a young team. Two best players in the team um, are – one of them is Rakim Jarrett, a freshman. Um, the other is, I, I believe, Talia was a sophomore uh, last season either way two young young players who are really getting the job done for the team they go in and even that Penn State win Penn State uh you know horrible year not the Penn State we're used to seeing but this is still a team built uh a four-star guys and Maryland goes in on the road and again being on the road doesn't mean a whole lot this year but they go and they just blow the doors off that says a lot to me um and, yeah, the, the, the Minnesota win, whatever. Say what you want about it. Um, simply just looking at this team, a team I expected nothing from, um, going in and, and, and winning these type of games and beating Penn State the way they did, that's worthy of an A for me. That is an incredible season um, for Loxley to build on. Um, I think they're building something special in Maryland, um, and I'm giving them an A. Wow, Uh, and I
0: know you mentioned uh, Jarrett and Tungle-Vailoa as their two best players, but totally forgot about who I think is their best player, Dante Dimas. What a great season from him. That's a guy.
1: Yeah. um, You know, call this the hot take of the show or whatever. Totally. Maryland (laughs) with an A. Yeah,
0: Maryland with an A from Reed Murray. I
1: mean, like I said, all my picks are relative to their expectations. Yeah. I expected Maryland to be – I mean, we said it on the show it's week two um, when we had NAR on. We said, no question Maryland's the worst team of the Big Ten. No yeah. question. They get fourth in the East. And, again, the East That's was kind of, kind of a mucky division uh, mm-hmm. when you get to the bottom. But they finished above Michigan. I mean, how rare is that? So, I think – I was impressed by that, us say the least. Yeah, Uh
0: improvement for Maryland. I think that's something you can hang your hat on, but let's talk about another team who's going to be ranked very relative to our expectations here. The Michigan Wolverines sixth in the big 10 East two and four big fat F for Michigan. What an awful season.
1: I got to agree with you here, here, uh, Patrick. Um, I thought about giving them like a D minus or something. You can't give this team anything but an F they, no. God, Michigan. Michigan, Michigan, Michigan. Get on your – Nothing went right this year. Nothing went right this year. Highlight of the year was a win against a sucky Minnesota team. And to be fair, they did beat them pretty badly. But highlight of the year, win against a bad Minnesota team. All of the best players are gone now. Nico Collins went to the draft. Every other good player transferred. Um, there's – and you go to play Michigan State um And it's a Michigan State team. They they got a new coach. They don't have a whole lot of talent. It's Rocky Lombardi you're going up against. It's a rivalry game. You're ranked. You got no reason to lose this game. You got momentum on your side. You got a rivalry game. You got all that, and you go and lose that one. Embarrassing. Should have lost to Rutgers. They shouldn't have two wins. They should only have one. Um, it's just pitiful. It's absolutely pitiful. And they're going to be even worse next year. And that's the funniest and best part about all this. Um, and, I, you know, I feel bad for Michigan. I say this a lot on the show. I feel really bad for this team. Whoa. Because they, they – every year they, they play their rivals. They never win. Um, and every now and then they get a little bit of mojo and they think they're going to get it done 2016, 2018. Um, 2018 they were the clear favorite uh, and they just got – completely I, I don't even know how to describe the beating they got in that game um, 2016 they of course lost in double overtime uh, but they, they never beat their rivals you know their program they have high expectations they've won Heisman's they've won national championships they've won Rose Bowls uh, and they've had nothing about them in the last decade they come in they get their you know alum coach who, who they who's been to the Super Bowl he's an accomplished NFL coach and they still can't get anything thing done. He's winless against his rivals. They extend him for another five or so years, and they're probably paying him ungodly amounts of money. I haven't looked at the details of that contract, but he's getting paid a ton of money um, for eight and four, nine and three seasons. Um, but now all the good players are gone. I mean, the secondary last year was atrocious. They're going to have a new defensive coordinator. But I mean, God, it, it, it was just horrible. Um, and if I was a Michigan fan, I would just be in so much pain. I mean, good thing you guys have basketball to look look forward to. Um, of course, they, they didn't go to the Final Four I this year, but uh, they, they won the Big Ten regular season title. And they went to the Elite Eight
0: without their best player healthy in the tournament.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, good for them. Heck of a but, season. But, However, but Michigan football, oh, my God, you can't give them anything but an ass more no. year we're here. and i Level think next season. year i think what we're doing this episode next year we might have to create an f minus for michigan yeah i was going to say
0: it's not it's not looking up for michigan and in, in a full 12 game season without covid uh things could get even worse because they will have to play ohio state unlike this season the only positive is that they didn't lose to ohio state because they didn't play yeah. so that's the only thing you can take away from this and yeah everybody who's worth you know their two cents is either in the draft or transferring yep this team's in trouble uh, and this team is in trouble now. Uh, they might be the worst team in the Big Ten East next season. Uh, it wouldn't surprise in, me.
1: In my opinion, their best player uh, was Giles Jackson, and he's gone now. He was—I mean, he, he was—he played for Michigan as a as a freshman, and he did some damage. And I was worried about it. I said, "He's this guy's going to become something special." He and Nico Collins can be good one-two punch. Well, Nico Collins opts out of the season now. He's in the draft now. Giles Jackson is going to Washington. Um, where do you go from here? wolverines
0: and you even look at all these talented players who they did have playing last season and still couldn't do anything with who were going to the draft cameron mcgrone uh Quiddy pay Jalen mayfield i when mean he's picked in the first round of the draft
1: mm-hmm. and, and wow it's just it's embarrassing and it's pitiful honestly. it's
0: absolutely embarrassing and it's totally deserving of an f not a doubt in my mind that this deserves anything except for an f terrible season for michigan i don't see it getting much better in the near future so uh Good luck with that, Michigan. (laughs) That's all I have to say. Uh, Next team, though, the last place team, the Big Ten West, or East, excuse me, who actually did beat Michigan. That's Michigan State. They finished 2-5. and Not really anything I didn't expect for Michigan State. I mean, I expected them to be bad. They did kind of have a dry cupboard. They didn't have a lot of talents, new head coach. Didn't really expect them to win a whole lot of games. They didn't win a whole lot of games. We'll see what happens going forward under Mel Tucker, but not really great first impression. But they did beat Michigan, so uh, there's at least something.
1: So, Pat, you're you're not going to like this pick for me either. And keep in mind, once again, just like Maryland, we're talking about expectations. We're taking everything into, into perspective. Um, and, and, you know, we're not going to sit here and say that a two and five season is better than a six and two season or whatever. Um, but we got to look at it uh, from what we expect in the beginning of the year, what we expected after week one um, and all that. I'm giving Sparty an A-. minus. What? You look at this team, new coach. They, I mean, who on this team, who on Michigan State is a superstar player? nobody
0: that's a great exactly. point
1: exactly who on this team would you look at on their roster going in the season and say this guy is going to make a huge difference and he's going to win games for the team nobody they got very little to work with um and uh, of course yeah two and five record it's not great um and obviously the rutgers lost that one looks bad um and yeah michigan is a bad team they, they still beat their rivals in a game that was it was a hard-fought game um so that's solid they go and beat the Best team in the West, Northwestern. And of course, you know, they weren't a better team than Northwestern by any stretch of the imagination. No, absolutely. That flip. was kind of a, a, <laughs> a trap game. But guess what? They uh, won, they game. won they the did game. They won the game, Patrick. They won the game. And it wasn't like they won by one point or they won on a last second field goal. Um, they were leading for pretty much all this game. Uh, maybe the entire game. I forget the exact specifics, but uh you know, because I, I don't know if Northwestern was up three-nothing earlier or whatever. Uh, who cares? They were up for pretty much the entire game and they sealed the deal. That is solid, especially on a team with little to work with a new coach. I think they're going to recruit a lot better um, in the following years because of the, the foundation, obviously at yeah, two and five, not a great record. I still think it's a good foundation to build. It's something that you can look back on positively. I'm giving them an a minus for a solid foundation for the future of Michigan state. And we've seen bad seasons for Michigan state before. Um, they've been able to bounce back. of course that was, not under Mel Tucker as head coach. Um, But we've seen bad seasons for them and they've bounced back. I mean, they're they're the most Jekyll and Hyde team in college football in the last four or five years, going from three and nine to nine and three, um, just like that. But I think this is a a fascinating start um, to the Mel Tucker era. And I like where they're going. Northwestern win. That's a good point. The Northwestern
0: win. And you beat your rival. You beat Michigan. That's a big deal. But – a lot of those five losses were embarrassing. Got blown out by Ohio State, shut out by Indiana. Where's
1: Ohio State. What are you gonna do? Yeah, I
0: know, but and Any they gave food? Rutgers. Rutgers was more competitive than we thought they'd be. Granted, but they gave Rutgers their first. Now that one is winning. I'll and, give you that. That one. In what three years? I mean, but you know what? That north, the Northwestern win and the the Michigan win, I both thought were good. So, listen. Yes, Michigan was bad, but that's still your rival, and that proves a lot in recruiting too so
1: yeah you're competing with Michigan for those in-state recruits yeah
0: oh totally so saying you've got that head-to-head win I think that's a big deal um I think I'm going C C plus yeah it wasn't really an impressive year but you know what there's stuff to build from here Ricky White kind of disappeared after that Michigan game but he had that Michigan game and maybe that's because Michigan's defensive backs were you know some of the worst in the nation but he did have that game. So I think Ricky White's got potential to be maybe an all conference receiver uh, if he hits that peak. So they've got some guys uh, and they had some success. Their two wins, I think were two big wins. If you if you could circle any two wins besides Ohio state on their schedule, if you were like, what would be the two most impressive wins for MSU? It'd be beating your rival Michigan or two most important beating your rival and then beating an undefeated team. And that's what Northwestern was at the time. So uh, two gigantic wins for MSU, but the rest of the season was still a letdown, so I have to give it a C.
1: You know, I see what you're saying there. Yeah, obviously our grades were different, um, but certainly a respectable opinion.
0: Certainly. Uh, next team, Minnesota Golden Gophers, three and four, terrible start to the season, kind of an awkward finish to the season, but after what we saw from Minnesota last year, being ranked in the top 10 at the end of the season, winning 10 games, this was an Awful, awful, awful season for the gophers. And yes, they lost a lot. Rashad Bateman opted out at the beginning of the season, then he opted back in, then he opted out again. And we saw some serious regression from Tanner Morgan. No Tyler Johnson, obviously, no Antoine Winfield Jr., obviously. So that was two of your most important players gone. But what we did see from Minnesota is something that I think they can build off going forward, and that's Mo Ibrahim. This guy's the best running back in the conference. And yes. Their season was pretty disappointing and I am going to have to give it a C. In fact, I'm going to give it a C minus just relative to what we saw last year. This is a a certain letdown for Minnesota from high hopes and high expectations. Uh, Not a good year, but I think they can build something this coming season with Mo Ibrahim at running back because running backs like him don't grow on trees. And he was certainly the best running back in the conference last year. I think he's going to be the best running back in the conference this year.
1: No, Pat, um, I'm going to go ahead and give the Gophers um, a team that I was pretty high on um, that I expected a lot from. I'm giving them a D minus. Talk about letdown of the year.
0: Yeah, I get it.
1: No, Ibrahim, nobody on this team was good. And this is the team we we expected them, or at least I expected them to, if they didn't win the Big Ten West, at the the very least be in the conversation. Week one, they go and play a Michigan team who we just gave an F to. Mm Mm-hmm. And they got slapped around All right, D
0: plus. Actually, for me, I'm going D plus. I'm, I'm going D plus. The only thing keeping them above a D D minus or F is Mo Ibrahim.
1: Yeah. And, and so I think you got to give Mo Ibrahim credit, but I mean, a player like him, it's just a completely one dimensional offense and it clearly wasn't enough. Um, and, you know, you go back, you look at that Purdue win, they should have lost that game. Um you look oh, at, they totally
0: should have lost the Purdue game. That was the biggest BS of all time.
1: You know, Nebraska, it's kind of a sucky win, to be honest with you. Um, and you can say they should have won the Maryland game. But, I mean, even if they make that extra point, you never know what's going to happen there. Only thing you can really look back on positively is an Illinois win, and even that's not super impressive. Um, and it, the following week, they went and got the doors blown off by Iowa. Um so really nothing positive to look, back, to look back on in terms of results. Um, and you had one of the best receivers in the draft, Rashad Bateman, or at least he was going into the season now. I mean, he's certainly going to be a high draft pick. Um, I'd put him probably in the second round. But I, I'm hearing first round on him from everything I've seen. I'm hearing first and second. Um, yeah. I would put him in the second, honestly, considering the way he played, but who knows? Maybe NFL GM see something different than me. Of course, they're smarter in terms of drafting than I am, way smarter. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, his draft stock fell after he had a pretty disappointing year. Mm-hmm. Um Pan and Morgan, a guy who I said could be a Heisman sleeper. Wow. He's, he's, uh, he certainly
0: uh, put the sleeper in that.
1: Seriously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I wasn't expecting their defense to be fantastic. I knew that was going to happen, but I thought their offense could compensate for that a little bit. Uh, they just completely didn't. Letdown of the year, I would say even more of a letdown than Penn State. I got to go D minus. Yeah, I'm going D plus here. Not a good season for Minnesota.
0: Next team, Nebraska. Here's another letdown. Uh, although we didn't really expect much of them, three and five. Scott Frost has still not managed to get a winning record during his time in Lincoln. Still has not made a bowl game in his time in Lincoln. Terrible year for Nebraska. Uh, again, uh, a lot of letdowns here, but. Uh, Nebraska I think is worse than than some of these other letdowns like I would say they're worse than you know in my opinion worse letdown than than say Illinois because Illinois you've got the new coach you got a little bit of like momentum a little bit of optimism Nebraska there is no room for optimism I mean they were terrible last year going to be terrible next year and they're losing their best player uh Wandale Robinson is gone he's going to Kentucky so D minus is my pick here for Nebraska. I didn't really expect much from them. I don't expect anything from them next season. They've got a very hard schedule too. Um, it's going to be a terrible year for Nebraska in my mind. Uh, not looking forward to uh, this team.
1: I got to go ahead and give Nebraska a D. And I got three words for you, Nebraska. Fire, Scott, Frost. This team is just absolutely shambolic. And that's all I got to say about it, Honestly and sure they had a hard schedule i guess that's why i'm not giving them an f or a d minus but wow they are bad and they are going to be i think next year they're going to have the worst season they've had since 1957 when they went i want to say 1 and 9 um wow it's yeah
0: i think it's going to be a terrible year for nebraska too they might be they might they may not be the worst team in the big 10 next year but they, they might, have the, they they uh, might yeah.
1: have the worst record
0: they uh, might have the worst record i don't know if they'll be the worst team but but they will have the worst record in the Big Ten because they have a tough schedule. Uh,
1: that they're always going to have a tough schedule because you look at them. They play Wisconsin uh, and Ohio State every year.
0: Uh, and they have at Oklahoma.
1: <laughs> yeah, they, they tried to get out of that one. Uh-huh. Good for Oklahoma. That that one is going to be – That's going to be an all-time bloodbath. Oklahoma's going to be number one in a lot of people's rankings after that game.
0: And it's going to be totally misleading because
1: uh, – you look at I Nebraska and say, oh, prestige program. Well,
0: wow, they did that to Nebraska. No, Nebraska sucks. Yeah. Nebraska's not going to be good next season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. D minus for me, uh, probably going to be a fat F next season. Uh, I see no optimism here. I doubt Scott Frost makes it another year. And I don't think it's entirely his fault, but uh, he certainly ain't helping. Mm
1: hmm.
0: Anyway, on the exact opposite end of that spectrum, the Northwestern Wildcats, who uh, this is probably my last chance to gloat about this. I called. I called it. I knew they were going to win the West. Just want to make that clear one more time. Thank you very much, Reed. Thank you for the applause. But I called it. They won the West. A-plus. Great season for Northwestern. I think they got, you know, maybe a little I, – I both think they didn't get into good enough of a bowl game, and yet they got into too good of a bowl game. Uh, I don't think they should have been in a better bowl than Indiana, but at the same time, I think that they and Indiana both should have been in New Year's six bowls and that the committee just kind of hates the Big Ten. I think they were both better than Iowa State, for example, better than – probably more deserving than Florida. Oregon. uh, Oregon. Uh, But, you know, that's just because of the auto bid, uh, the Pac-12. So, yeah, that's that's my two cents there uh, with with the whole bowl game situation. But Northwestern, I mean, you can't say – anything bad about this season. Obviously the Michigan State loss was embarrassing. Uh, and if that hadn't happened, you know, they could have been playing for a chance to go to the college football playoff against Ohio State and, and in a game they led and at the very least had a chance to win for, for most of it until Trey Sermon did Trey Sermon things. So um, I would still call this an A-plus for Northwestern though, just an awesome season, especially relative to the average expectation, you know, coming off of a three-win season and turning it into this total great year for Northwestern a plus.
1: Yeah. Um, and, and Pat, I hope you know that when I was giving you that little applause, uh, obviously you, you couldn't hear it, uh, listening, but I, I gave him a little, uh, hand, uh, silent clap. I wasn't being sarcastic in any way. Cause that, that's, uh, that's fantastic on your part to call Thank that, you. uh, because <laughs> the Northwestern team coming off of a three and nine year, um, where they beat Illinois and pretty much nobody else. Um, so really just a great job by Northwestern bounce back. Uh, one of the best bounce backs I've ever seen. Um, and I'm giving them an A plus two. too. Um, apart from that Michigan State loss, this is about as perfect of a season as you can get. And, and that's, it really is a shame that that's how the season had to go because mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> if they don't lose to Michigan State, first of all, they would be undefeated going into that Ohio State game. Let's assume they still lose. Um, that's a one-loss team who almost beat Ohio State. You've got to put them in the playoffs somewhere. You guys, uh,
0: or you could say that about Indiana too, a one-loss team who almost beat Ohio State.
1: Yeah, but that's different. Um, they, because with Northwestern, you could say, "Oh, well, they won their their uh, division." Yeah, yeah but, a, but the
0: difference is, in Indiana, got screwed by just being in the East, I guess, and playing, you know, in the East. Then with that logic, but regardless, though, both of these teams should have been in the New Year's Six. That's not a doubt in my mind.
1: Yeah, and it, it sucks that. Oregon had to go because because the whole stupid tie-in thing. at mm-hmm. Iowa State, um, even though they they lost to a team that Coastal beat, whatever. Um, I, I I've written an article about this. We've we've complained about this countless times, mm-hmm. both on the show and um, on our own personal time. Um, so that's not a huge nor there. But Northwestern, apart from that Michigan State loss, it, it's a damn shame that that the season had because you look back on that and, and without that loss, you could say, well, this is about as perfect of a year you could get um uh, you know it's super unlikely you're going to beat ohio state anyway and they almost did and of course you can make the ohio state argument one of two ways you could say well if justin fields is having a decent day if chris olave is there mm-hmm. if a whole lot of the missing pieces on the team are there then it's not as close of a game but on the other hand you could also say if Trey sermon doesn't have the best game of his life then northwestern probably wins the game um So, you know, they they played a close, tough game against a team who was, I think, pretty clearly the second best in the country. Obviously, Ohio State got smacked around by Alabama in the national championship game. But, hey, that's when everyone
0: would have. It's Alabama. Yeah. Come on.
1: (laughs) Um, So so they played a a terrific game against the second best team in the country, Um, and especially when compared to what they did last year going three and nine, that is just unbelievable. And, of course, I I think the Citrus Bowl win – Auburn, um, they were bad, in my opinion. And they honestly, their record, there were two or three pretty fluky BS wins on their resume. So they should not have beaten Arkansas. Should not have been a a 500 team, to be honest with you. But whatever, they were. They're Auburn. They made it to the bowl game. Um, Northwestern got the job done. Something you can't say about Indiana is they they were put into a bowl game that they thought they deserved. You know, they thought they deserved a better bowl than Citrus Bowl. Uh, but they showed up, and, and they they took care of business. Um, so you got to hand it to them there. Great job by Pat Fitzgerald, once again proving he is one of the nation's best head coaches, um, despite being in a Northwestern program that's anything but prestigious. A-plus for the Wildcats.
0: Yeah, the the issue is I do not see it lasting into next season. Oh, no number, number one, Mike Hankowitz there. Great defensive coordinator who's been there forever. He's gone. He's retired. Uh great send off for him in that Auburn game, though. Uh so Mike Hankowitz is gone. Peyton Ramsey's gone. There's your starting quarterback. Who knows what they're gonna do at quarterback? If it's anything like their uh 2019 quarterback situation, it could be a disaster. Uh and I don't think their skill position players are what got them uh to the to the uh, to oh, sure. the citrus bowl. It, it was their defense and they're losing some of those great defensive players. Patty Fisher's gone, uh Brandon Joseph. He'll obviously be back, but uh, they are losing some of those good defensive players. Greg newsom has gone too. Um, However, they do have a pretty easy schedule from what I can tell. Uh, Their non-conference is uh, Indiana State, Go Trees, uh, Duke Blue Devils and Ohio, Ohio U, that is not Ohio State. So not really a a tough non-conference. I think they can still make a bowl game I hope you're
1: losing to Duke. Northwestern always loses some crap game like that against a mediocre power 5 opponent. Ohio
0: Ohio might be the team they lose to. They, they might they, lose, always,
1: to Duke, but they always
0: lose to somebody they shouldn't. And they yeah. might lose to Michigan State week 1 too. Uh that's who they play week 1. Uh they might still have some demons from the that. The favorite uh, never wins lost last season. the
1: Michigan State game.
0: But whoever's favorite That's that a great game, point. Yeah. Loses. So Northwestern's they play Northwestern is going to be favored because they were the better team last season, even though Michigan state won the game last season and Michigan state's going to win that game. I'm calling it right now. So I do think people are going to be relatively let down by Northwestern in 2021, but like, I don't think you should really expect anything different. They had a very good quarterback last year who they're losing. They're losing their all-time defensive coordinator. Uh, tough to come back from both of those. And they're losing their defensive captain and Patty Fisher. So uh, tough to come back from all those losses, uh, might not be the year a lot of people are expecting from Northwestern. You're going to see a lot of people say that they're going to win the West because they won the West last year. And that's that's really just a, not a good way of looking at it because I, I think that's also unfair to them to, to have that high of an expectation on them. You know, yes, they had a good season last year, but I don't know how sustainable it is in the grand scheme of things. Maybe in a year or two they can have another year like it, but th- this coming season I think it's okay to temper your expectations for Northwestern.
1: Yeah, um, but, you know, talking strictly about this year fantastic certainly a plus
0: oh zero complaints a plus plus great season by by the wildcats next team let's get into let's get into the big 10 champions the sugar bowl champions and the national runner-ups the ohio state buckeyes reed murray i'm giving them an a i can't give them an a plus because they did get blown out in the national championship by of course the alabama crimson tide however You go undefeated in the regular season, obviously. The Michigan game gets canceled, and that sucks. Uh, You know, and you had close calls with Indiana and Northwestern. But every other game, no contest. And no contest in the Sugar Bowl, where I think we saw the full version of what this Ohio State team could be. Uh, Justin Fields throws six touchdowns on broken ribs. Just absolutely crushes Clemson. Not even a game. Uh, And that's a Clemson team who Ohio State has struggled to beat for years and years and years. Has never beaten Clemson ever. Until that Sugar Bowl, they exercised a lot of demons that night, and uh, I mean that was just an all-time win for Ohio State. That's going to be a game that Buckeyes remember for a very long time. So it's an A for me. Obviously, not getting the job done on the Natty, can't give them that plus. But they're not even being competitive in the national championship. Can't give them the A plus, but still a very solid A. Conference champs and crushing Clemson. That it's tough to get much better than that. But but the A, totally. Uh, they met expectations and I think exceeded them a little bit. So uh great season for Ohio state. Uh, we'll see what next season looks like.
1: Yeah. So at Ohio state, um, I, th- there's parts of me that that want to give them, well, first I'm going to say, I gave them an eight um, and looking at the Clemson game on its own, that alone kind of makes me want to give them an A plus just because that is just such a, an unbelievable win against the team that first of all, just from the you know, the, program Clemson has beaten the program Ohio state every time they've played them. Um, but also the, the, the guys on the field um, for Clemson, tremendous athletes. They have the number one pick in the draft. Obviously that's not confirmed yet. Uh, the draft hasn't taken place, uh, but Trevor Lawrence definitely got the number one pick. Um, fantastic, yeah, not, not a competition. <laughs> yeah. um, fantastic defense. And they go in and they torch them. Uh, it, it just a solid, solid team all around. No, I shouldn't say solid. Elite. Clemson was elite last year and Ohio State made them look silly. Um, but you look at the, the season as a whole and Ohio State. The regular season was, was honestly it left something to be desired. They um, were not at their full capacity for the entire year. They almost lost to Indiana. They almost lost. And it seems like they were saving something for the Clemson game all year, but it wasn't even certain they were going to play Clemson. They almost didn't. Uh, if they had fully given that Indiana game away, which they were, they came pretty close to um, same with Northwestern. They, they were close to giving that again, that game away. Um, I think the only full performance uh, the year outside of the playoff uh, was the Michigan state game. Um, and they just, they completely slapped them around, but you know, the Penn state game, that's a Penn state team who uh, you got to beat them in mean, Maryland beat Penn state worse than Ohio state did. Um, Indiana, of course, tremendous Indiana team, but you got to do better than what you did there. Um, Nebraska, I mean, first game of the year, sure, but Nebraska, they're not a good team. Uh, So they weren't really at full capacity the entire year, and I I think if they had played Michigan, maybe we would have seen that complete performance before the Clemson game, but maybe it worked out for the best. Um, And and they saved it all for that Clemson game, um, and they got it done but I can't give them an A plus because if if they were to lose the national championship by seven points or so, we could maybe be talking about an A plus year. Um, but even then that might not be an A plus because you you go to Ohio state to, for two things or or really, I should say four, you want to beat Michigan, you want to win the big 10, you want to win the national championship. And of course, a lot of guys go to Ohio state to go to the NFL. Um, and so really, the, the two huge goals that a lot of guys go to Ohio State for is to go to the playoff and win the championship and go to the draft. Uh, Ohio State, they sent a lot of good guys to the draft this year. Uh, they didn't win the national championship. They didn't compete for it. Um, and so if you want to get an A-plus season at Ohio State, you got to win that national championship. And they just didn't do it. Uh, it wasn't quite enough. But still, great season to look back on. wasn't perfect. Um, but certainly a great second year for Ryan Day. Um, and you look at Ryan Day, he's got two losses in his career, and they were against Clemson and and, uh, arguably the best team in college football history in Alabama. Uh, So Ryan Day's coaching resume looks great so far, especially when you look at those recruiting classes. Um, Great year to look back on. Would have been even greater if we had a Michigan win uh, to watch the highlights of here and there. Uh, Unfortunately, we don't, but that Clemson win in and of itself is just a fantastic memory as an Ohio State fan. And I said right after the game that that is the best – Ohio State, but really the best sports moment I've ever had. Uh, and I've thought about it. And, and now that I think about it a little more in the moments past, I think it's it's certainly top two. Or I'll say it's top three. It, it could still be number one. I think I still have to think about it a little more. But uh, the the Michigan win when Michigan was number four, we were number 10. Uh, we won that game 62-39. And, of course, the double OT Michigan win, uh, which I was in the stadium for, those definitely rival it. But either way, this is a Clemson game um and we've said this countless times clemson has given this team trouble uh for years and ohio state finally pulled through they pulled through in dominant fashion so um i can't say enough good things about that game still going to be an a for me though yeah great
0: season and looking forward a little bit next year what do we think uh with this ohio state team obviously a lot's going to change no justin fields uh keeping that receiver group intact i think is huge but still probably going to be about as good, definitely a top four team in the country, right?
1: Yeah, I'll, I'll go ahead and say uh, – well, see, I don't want to jinx this. I don't want to – because there's a lot that's going to be changing. I think – I mean, it's mm-hmm. Ohio State we're talking about. This is a team that they still have Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson, those two guys on their own, not even considering all the other fantastic talent in the receiving core. Um, they can change a game or change a season. Um Quarterback situation still up in the air. C.J. Stroud believed to be the starter. Um, but, I mean, the spring game is going to happen. Um, and there's all kinds of spring practice. Definitely, certainly a starting QB battle. Um, it's believed to be between him and Jack Miller. Um, but who knows? We could see uh, a third guy come in and win that job. So a lot is up in the air. And, and they got to replace some really good talent um, at the running back position, the defensive line position. Um, They're not replacing much at the cornerback and safety positions, but they need to fill fill in some solid guys there. They need to step it up. Um, But I think it's a team that unless they lose to Indiana, we'll go to the Big Ten championship and win it. Um, It's a team that certainly can make the playoff. Um, I don't think they're going to win a playoff game next year. But who knows if C.J. Stroud comes out and he's the next Justin Fields and boom, right away, he's just a world beater. Talking about a different team here. Um, so it's hard to put a, a solid um, prediction down right now um, in early April. But it, I mean, it's Ohio State. They're not going to go and be eight and four or something like that. Um, not going to win. I should probably should, should, shouldn't have set a prediction that specific. Um, but we're talking about Ohio State here. They're going to go and, and achieve great heights.
0: Right, I mean, it, it is Ohio State. You got to just kind of consider that. I mean, I I hate looking at the name on the jersey, but but it's the name on the jersey for Ohio State. They're always going to be good. Come on, uh, yeah. But next season, I think the only game that can really probably trip them up is Indiana. Uh, and we'll see. Well, I think game trip them
1: up, to be honest with you. I, mean, I don't know about that. This Ohio this State. feels
0: this feels different than the Urban Meyer teams. That with those Urban Meyer teams, when they lost those games, like the Iowa game and the Purdue game. I kind of saw them coming. You just had a feeling with them. I've never gotten that feeling with the Ryan Day team. I have gotten that feeling, you know, going into games against good teams. You know, maybe against Alabama, I'm like, eh, Clemson, eh. Even Indiana last season. But but against a bad team, I don't see it happening. And even against a mediocre team, if Ohio State is solidly better than a team, I don't see
1: them losing. Well, here's the thing. This Ohio State team, they remind me of twenty sixteen Ohio State. Um, a team with Pretty much it, it, the entire team was really Curtis Samuel. And I think this year, I'm not going to say the entire team. I, I should say the entire the entire offense in 2016 was, was Curtis Samuel. And, of course, there's there's still solid weapons at Ohio State. Like I said, it's Ohio State we're talking about. There's four and five stars all across the field. Uh, but the, the two guys are going to carry the team are Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson. Um, mm-hmm. and it's I huge think, that they're coming back. There, that yeah. Olave is coming back. Wilson yeah, yeah, had but, to. But I think they're going to rely a lot on those guys. And if you – Play a game. I don't know who on the schedule it could be, but I mean we got some solid teams in the Big Ten who are um, better than they usually are. In Michigan State, Maryland, and Rutgers, uh, one of those teams could potentially beat Ohio State if they rely too heavily on one of those guys uh, and it doesn't work. I mean, you look two years ago, Ohio State nearly lost to Maryland. That was a bad Maryland team, uh, and they beat him by one point. A one two-point conversion goes differently. In Ohio State in 2018, loses to Maryland. Um, in addition to losing to Purdue. Uh, the year before they lose to Iowa and uh, of course those are Urban Meyer teams but to be fair Ryan Day he, he's only had one season one full season where you play 12 games uh a, where he didn't mess it up and lose some bad team last year you can't really look at that and say oh well it's Ohio State is in a new era they're done doing that Um because last year of course they, they didn't have that full season and mm-hmm. they didn't really have a true trap game they had the indiana game but i mean we saw that coming from a mile away that indiana's a good team we knew it at that point um so we could still get some kind of trap game situation there um and it makes me worried but i'm not talking about ohio state we talk, we talk about too much anyway let's move on
0: <laughs> we do talk about ohio state a whole lot uh that's kind of the whole show but anyway next team penn state uh so they start 0 and five finish four and five i'm just giving a solid c i think my Penn State theory for 2020 is that we had three different Penn State teams. There was the Penn State for the first two games against Indiana and Ohio State. That was definitely a top 25 team, uh, and that could hang with Indiana and Ohio State, who I think are both very good teams. Then there was the Penn State for the middle part of the season that, say, got blown up by Maryland, that after those Indiana and Ohio State losses was just completely demoralized, had no energy, was dead, and was terrible. And uh, that was for those next three games, and they were 0-5. And there was kind of this new Penn state that wasn't really the great team we saw early in the season, or at least a very good team we saw early in the season that I think just kind of ran into better teams in in Ohio state and got unlucky against Indiana. Uh, but it was a better team than the one we saw for the three weeks prior. Uh, and it at least gave you something to kind of hope for going forward, but I'm still going to see uh, obviously a losing record at Penn state is unacceptable. Uh but I don't think it's an entirely lost cause that they can, you know, go out and be a top 25 team next year, make a decent bowl game next year. But I, I don't think they're going to be like a new year six competitor for, for the next couple of years. So I, uh, I think Penn state has fallen back down to earth a little bit into decency and not to, you know, potentially elite status.
1: You know, I don't know if I can say in the next couple of years in terms of New Year six, but I think certainly next year, they will not be that new year six competitor.
0: That's more fair. Yeah.
1: Um, but, yeah, Penn State 2020, major, major letdown. They managed to win a couple games uh, late down the stretch. Um, so, sure, a good way to end the end, of the, end of the season, whatever. Not at Penn State's level. Not what they need to be doing, and especially that the Maryland loss, the biggest one, where they just get – I mean, they got – what, what an
0: embarrassment, really. Yeah, that the, that is unacceptable.
1: That's embarrassing. It, it's completely unacceptable. Um, the reason I'm giving them a, a D – and not a D minus or say an F Um, it's not completely their fault. The situation they lost Micah Parsons, the best player due to an opt out Uh, the running back situation. Obviously that that's just tragic. What happened to journey Brown with his um, medical condition, not being able to play that. I mean, it's, it's not completely their fault, but of course, you know, Sean Clifford, he was a guy who some guys were saying maybe Heisman sleeper, maybe second best quarterback, in the big 10 behind Justin Fields, these kind of labels, and he goes out, and he was just horrible. He honestly. laid an egg. He, he absolutely just laid absolutely that an egg. And, you know, any sort of draft stock he was building up, is, he's kind of got to start from scratch again. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I got to give him a Your Penn State, and I, I know not everything is their fault that happened, but you got to be able to adapt, um, and you got to be perform better. D-grade for you guys.
0: Yeah, it was a terrible season. But at the end of the year, you know, kind of got a little bit of momentum back. And I don't think they were a bad team early on. I think for those first two weeks, they were actually a good team. And then for the next three weeks, they were awful. But but for those last four games of the season, they ended up being a pretty decent team. So relative to expectations, I think it's an F. But, you know, kind of looking at the grain scheme of things with, you know, comparing week five Penn State to like the end of the season Penn State. And, and even week one, week two Penn State. Those are all three different teams, and at the end of all things, I think about a C, uh, and the ceiling is a little lower going forward. But next team, Purdue, uh, here's a weird one. This is a team that started out red hot, finished two and four, Uh, probably should have finished three and three uh, that Minnesota game. Uh, They won, in my mind, they won that Minnesota game, but uh, that's not what the record book says Uh, since that terrible – pass interference call was called on that touchdown. I mean, if you, if you remember it, you remember it. If you don't look it up, it is the worst call you'll ever see. I'm not exaggerating. And I say that as somebody who is very much not a Purdue fan. However, two and four with Rondell Moore and David Bell, kind of disappointing for, for Jeff Brom, because he's making so much money uh, one of the highest paid coaches in the nation and a two and four record, I think is unacceptable. I am going uh, D plus for Purdue they should have done better. Obviously you don't get to play your rival Indiana and Rondell Moore did miss some time, but, but Rondell Moore didn't even look like the same player uh, this season in what we did see of him. So I'm going D plus for Purdue let down of a season. I was pretty high on them coming into the year and I was wrong. So maybe they turn it around, but we'll see.
1: Yeah. Purdue, I got to go C minus. Um, I was expecting them in um, this season. If we had a full 12 game season uh, and basically COVID did not exist, I said in our Purdue preview uh, months before the season that the Indiana-Purdue game should be a ranked game between teams who are both around eight and three. Um, Purdue, I mean, yeah, their record was different this year because the structure of the season was, but this is anything but a team who deserved to be ranked. Uh, biggest win was against Iowa, but that one is kind of, eh, they, they, were, they were a different team week one than they were in the last couple of weeks of the year um, and I, I know that that it's not their fault that Karloftis was hurt Moore was hurt um, but you got to be able to do more with Bell and Wright at the wide receiver positions um, there's you, you just got to be able to do more Jeff Brown i thought he was i thought he was going to be the next big thing in terms of coaching he just seems kind of average to be honest um, I hate to that. Say
0: that Ohio State win clouds everything. If he never beat Ohio State, if that game never happened, and instead they played like – oh, they played Michigan State that week and they beat Michigan State. Wow, congrats. But, like, I think that clouds people's vision with it. And obviously that's a big win. Yeah. But, and, and he has brought Purdue from from a very low place under Daryl Hazel to, to a pretty okay place. But he's not performing to his salary in my you, mind.
1: You got to – bring them to the next level they were okay but you got to bring them from bad to okay then okay to good then potentially good to great and they're still stuck at okay right now and I thought this was going to be where they potentially got to the good level uh but they're not quite there yet um I expected a lot more from them and they didn't give it to me yeah so
0: uh that's Purdue but uh two more teams to go Rutgers Scarlet Knights uh what a season for Rutgers Compared to what we thought, uh, three and six—that sounds not like a very good record. But consider this: Rutgers play the most games of any team in the conference. Number one, number two, Rutgers—at least in the regular season—number two, Rutgers usually plays a pretty bad non-conference schedule. Let's be quite honest; they don't play any good teams in non-conference ever. So let's say they win all three of those. That's a team who goes to a bowl game. Uh, and for Rutgers, that is incredible. And I think Greg Schiano—he's recruiting really well. He is turning things around. Rutgers wow overnight they're really good. So obviously I can't give them a, a great grade they did blow that Michigan game uh I can't give them an A uh but B plus with a lot of stuff to build on going forward an impressive year for Rutgers uh and I'm I'm excited to see what Graciano has to do uh with this program because I think they're moving certainly in the right direction to say the least.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm going to try to make this one as quick as possible because, uh, you know, it's been a long podcast so far. But B-plus for Rutgers, mm-hmm. I agree with you there. Um, the recruiting for Shiano, got a lot of solid, solid transfer players to come into the program. That's huge. Um, I really like what they're building over Rutgers, uh, and they're going to become a much better program. They're already becoming a much better program. They're certainly not the 1-11 or so team that we've seen before. Um, steps in the right direction. And opening the season with a win, that's huge. B-plus, great season to build on. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously not – there was still some to be desired. Uh, they left some wins on the table there. But solid year. That's all I'm going to say.
0: Certainly a solid year uh, and a lot to build on. So uh, we'll see with Rutgers these next couple of years. But last team, Wisconsin Badgers, 3-3, three and three, won their bowl game, though, won the Dukes-Mayo Bowl and broke the trophy uh, against Wake Forest. Uh, but they totally should have won that game. Wisconsin is much better than Wake Forest. I mean, come on. And Wisconsin deserved a better bowl game too. The whole Big Ten kind of got shafted in, in bowls. However, Wisconsin, three and three, had some losses that were, eh, didn't really like, had some wins that, that they looked super impressive in. Graham Mertz had some great games, had some stinkers. If they can build this offense around Graham Mertz uh, and, and fit his skill set, they've got their running back in Jalen Berger, they can fit his skill set. You know, the defense and the offensive line are always going to be there for Wisconsin. Graham Mertz has the talent to be one of the top quarterbacks in the nation. If they can build an offense around him and have the skill position players, and this is a Wisconsin team that could potentially make a college football playoff in a year or two. Uh, however, after this season, I'm just giving him a B. It was a pretty decent year for Wisconsin, but lot to build on. Graham Mertz is a future star in the making if they can build the right team around him.
1: I'm going to go C-plus for the Badgers here. Um, You know, I think if they give Graham Mertz an offense, if they call plays and they really build the offense around him, he will be a Heisman winner. Um, But unfortunately, and I said Mertz will be a Heisman winner, um, but if they continue to run their their run-heavy offense that they've run for uh, quite a long time, then that's not going to happen because he's got to be able to actually sling the ball to win trophies like that.
0: At that point, he could be a transfer candidate.
1: Yeah, yeah, as much as I hate to say it, uh, he, he could be leaving the Big Ten at some point. Um, to If somewhere they, do, if they right don't here. fit
0: it, because he has a very specific skill set and Wisconsin, doesn't really want to build an offense around it. That's just yeah. not Wisconsin.
1: And, and we'll you see. know, this is why this – is, this is the kind of thing why I think Mike Leach going to the SEC is really sad because his kind of offensive style, I don't think it works in the SEC. It worked pretty well at Washington State in the Pac-12. If he was still at Washington State, Graham Mertz to Washington State seems like a match made in heaven. Um, and he could become a superstar there i mean to be fair any quarterback under Leach or washington state kind of became a superstar in terms of the stats but i think that mertz could be at a whole another level uh but i digress wisconsin
0: um i hope he stays at wisconsin for the record i think they can build something special yeah. if they I, I think they can if they uh, if they make the offense fit him then i think you could you could see a great team
1: yeah um i, I agree with that and you know this year I, I gotta give them a c plus though because i mean they won the duke's mayo bowl cool you got a bowl win you know congrats but it, it's against it was against wake forest and it they beat him pretty pretty handily it was a good win um but just throughout the year um it, it was just kind of a mediocre season it was, it was kind of just yeah this was solid it really i think the c plus grade this is the one that really is the least disputable Um, or I guess Northwestern is probably the least disputable, but the C-plus grade for Wisconsin I think is the least disputable because just because they they were at 500. And, of course, a lot of their issues weren't their fault. They had COVID issues. um, And the bad teams they played, they took care of business. They did not give Illinois an inch, and they just completely backhand slapped them. Michigan didn't give them an inch either, you know, and they beat the hell out of them. So against the bad teams, they took care of business against the better teams like Indiana. They didn't. Uh, And that's just how it goes. It was an okay season. So that's really all I have to say about them. C plus, um, decent job, Wisconsin. I think they're going to be better next year. I think they have a solid foundation, but really nothing you can applaud too much right now.
0: Yeah. And I probably would have given them a C plus if I'm looking at it from a purely football perspective and what we saw on the field, you know, 500 season with a mediocre bowl win. Okay. Congrats. I mean, that's that's C-plus level for, for Wisconsin standards, that is, for Wisconsin standards, and they have high standards. Yeah. However, I'm bumping them up a little bit because I think you found your quarterback for the future in Graham Mertz, and I think you found your running back for the future uh, with Jalen Berger. So, uh, and, and you mentioned, by the way, you said that Graham Mertz would have fit Washington State. Nakia Watson, their other running back, he transferred to Washington State, which is funny. But uh, sense, yeah, uh, anyway, <laughs> I, I do think, though, There's a lot to build off of, and and you've got those two very important pieces because you know the defense and the offensive line are going to be there at Wisconsin, period. But you've got your quarterback and your running back, and if you can build that offense to fit Graham Mertz's skill set, I think the sky's the limit for Wisconsin. And that's our last team. Uh, So that'll do it for our podcast today. Thank you so much for listening. We'll have some more episodes coming out soon, an NFL draft episode, I think, uh, and then some more season preview content just throughout the offseason heading up to the season
1: in a couple of months. So for Reed, I'm Patrick. Thank you so much for listening. Have a good one. Take care.